Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, I'm Stuckers. Josh here, joined as always by Chell. Say hey, Chell. Hey, guys. What's up? We are joined also this week by uh, the solopreneur coach, Steve Combs. I was totally excited to have him on. He's got some really cool insights uh, about, you know, just starting. Like, like, for one, there's a lot of people, I think, right now that have been laid off and furloughed and are waiting to figure out their employment situation uh, he got laid off in 2008 in the recession and that kind of kicked his butt into gear to start his own thing that, that is now highly successful six-figure business. Um, so that's that's really inspiring to hear. And, and apropos of the times for anyone out there who's like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? How can, how can I make this work right now? Because my timeline just got accelerated. Like he's, uh, he's definitely inspirational for for that kind of situation. He also talked about, well, his main topic today was virtual networking. And like you and I are both pretty big fans of networking in general, but more of the, like the relationship building aspect of it. So he, since, since COVID, he's kind of translated that into virtual networking and it's really unique. I haven't been to a virtual networking meeting like this other than your weekly networking meeting, but I think it could be really cool, really unique, especially for upcoming entrepreneurs or even entre- entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who have been in the game for a while who miss connecting with other people because we all know that this world can be a little, a little bit lonely. Um, so it's very unique in that sense. So I think he's going to help provide us with some links for you guys if that's of interest. Yeah, I'm excited to have more virtual coffees. You guys will see what that means coming <laughs> on up in our interview with Steve Combs. Steve, welcome to the Unstuck Institute podcast. Thank you, Josh. Good to be here with you and Shell today. Yeah, awesome. Well, tell tell the listeners who may not know you a little bit about your background and and how you ca- how you came to be the solopreneur coach. Well, it starts with not being a very successful solopreneur. To be honest, I <laughs> had my share of business failures, and that's kind of life, isn't it? You know, you you go to do one thing, and then you end up going totally different directions. And I've had more failures that I care to admit to sometimes, yeah. but I did finally, <laughs> what, what kind of drove me was this desire to have a family with family time. I have seven kids and I want to spend time yeah. with them. And I was working a corporate job, kind of doing that burnout in the cubicle life. And I said, I got to have something better than this. And I was seeking something like that. And it really actually occurred after getting laid off right in the middle of the great recession of all things. But you know, you can do what you need to do when you want to do it bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, so what, what, what were some of the, I guess, missteps you took? Like what are the failures? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got to call me on that one. Okay. Yeah. So that's right. 
Well, I think I think everyone's like everyone needs that a little bit as inspiration, right? Like I think a lot of people go out out the gate to start their own business and they expect they're going to bat a thousand, but they don't realize that like the best baseball players fail seven out of 10 times and they get paid the big bucks. So <laughs> I like yeah. to hear about people's failures, you know? <laughs> That's right. Wasn't it Babe Ruth? I think he had like more, more strikeouts than anybody. He had more home runs than anybody, but you got to swing the bat. That's and right. That's what it boils down to. You know, you might swing the bat and miss and go, woof. That's okay. You keep at it. You'll find what works. And I, I had all kinds of different businesses from young kid you know, mowing lawns, trying to sell computer floppy disk if you remember those things back in the day uh -huh. yep. uh, all the way through having a computer programming business which i didn't really make a whole lot of money with even though i made good money in the corporate world as a computer programmer but uh -huh. i never made money as a business owner because it takes a different skill set i tried different network marketing businesses it just never was a good fit for me personally and i've tried several of those and so don't come to me with marketing and network marketing i'll buy it for the products i don't do it for the business it's just me <laughs> but i but i have found that there is always going to be a fit for everyone if you're willing to look for it and in my case i was looking for a lifestyle opportunity that i found through writing and i found it actually while i was working at my last fortune thousand job sitting in a cubicle and I bought this book that I got as a, actually I bought something else. And I got this book as a bonus that told me about copywriting. I said, what's copywriting? You know, some people think copywriting it says, okay, I need to copyright my book so nobody steals my words. Now I'm talking about how do you write the words that sell something and you can track how well your results are. That's direct response copywriting. And I learned about that field and I said, I'm going to kind of go after it. And I did, but I was kind of a slow going, you know, at those days, I actually used I used a correspondence course, and if you remember those, you get like a, a lesson in the mail and you, you do the work. Well, that went into a binder, and I mostly sat on my shelf collecting dust because I was lazy. <laughs> and that's a problem with a lot of people. They they want the results, but they're not willing to put the work in to get the results. And honestly, right. it, it's real easy to be lazy. You, you work a full time job doing something on the side. It takes a lot of effort. And it takes dedication and persistence. And that's something that didn't have in large supply because I wanted to spend time with my family. But it got to the point where I need to make a decision. And what really prompted me to go full bore was getting laid off. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me as I got laid off in literally the day after I signed a new lease in a house. Oh. I'm like, okay, I have all these kids. I have got a brand new lease. And now I have no job. What am I going to do? It's in the middle of the Great Recession. I'm probably not going to find a new job real quick. What will I do? I said, well, I already started this little side business. I was only making, you know, a few hundred bucks a month at on the side. What can I do to replace my income? And I worked and I, and I called every possible person I could think of say, Hey, do you need help with this? Can I help you with this? And I looked for opportunities in every possible way. I reached out to people in the industry. Who do you know who, that I could help? Can I take your overflow work? Because some of them were very successful and I use mentors and coaches to kind of direct my path so that I knew where to go because that's, that's, that was one of my big failures in previous businesses. I didn't look for advice. I kind of just did it on my own and, and it went wherever it went. And it usually was down to the bottom of the ocean where <laughs> you swim with the fishes. And you know, that, yeah. that wasn't like, you know, jumping the shark that was like down below drowning. And that's exactly what happened to my previous businesses. But this one took off. And before long I had a six figure business as a writer and I was very fortunate 
to have found that and found people who supported me in that process of becoming a writer and became recognized in the industry. And I, I teach now for that, that same thing for American yeah. writers and artists, which is the world leader in copywriting training is who trained me. But that's the funny thing about that is it's just not what I love to do. I'm, <laughs> I'm a writer and I don't like writing. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, I mean, sometimes I do like writing. It depends on the day. If I get into the groove and I say, okay, this is great. And I'm writing it and it just flows. Wonderful. Other days, like I don't even want to begin there's something else I'd rather be doing. Sure. And this is this is something that I've really found to be true with many solopreneurs is you you can go after the lifestyle. And I got the lifestyle. I, I've, I work, compared to most people in the corporate world, very few hours for very good money. And mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that, but I don't love that particular area of work as much as other areas. I found that I love teaching. I love coaching. I love talking to people about how they can – grow their own business in an area that they love. And so I learned that there's a difference between chasing a lifestyle and chasing a passion that can provide the same lifestyle. And there's where the real life change happens is do you, you want just a lifestyle, but you're doing something you're not really loving? Or do you want to pursue something that I can do if I'm getting paid for it or not and love it and get paid well for it? How far yeah. into your solopreneur journey, or I guess this shift that you had in life did you realize that because i feel like that doesn't come easy to a lot of people that's a great question chell i kind of made it for myself you might say 2009 i got laid off 2010 i was really you know i was i was bumping right along building a good business but by the mid 2010s i mean 2015 something like that 2016 i forget exactly where it was i got burnt out and I got really lazy in my business to the point that my income took a nosedive. And, mm. and it wasn't that I couldn't do the work, but like I told you, I wasn't loving the work. And I got to a point where I, I disliked it to the point where I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to pursue the clients. But at the same time, what else am I going to do? I, I'm not going to go back into computer programming, being out of the, the field that long. And I had zero desire to go back to a corporate life. I'm never going to touch a corporate job again in my life if I can help it. That's just not me. Yeah. But I, but I needed to do something to support my family, and it got so bad. And I, and it's something that I, I didn't share with a soul until earlier this year, outside of my wife. She's been pretty much the only one who knew. I actually had to borrow money from my grandpa to keep from getting evicted from my house. That's pretty mm. tough. That's embarrassing, and I would never share it to the world except for the fact that you know what, you can have an income dip, and it could be it was almost like borderline depression for me because I just didn't like what I was doing so much that I, my wife would tell me, Steve, you can, you can write a blog post and make more money than you're doing. You know what I did? I went out and I got a three o'clock in the morning job at FedEx loading trucks to make, a, I think it was a couple hundred dollars every two weeks, peanuts. And I can make more money writing a blog post, but I hated it. And yeah. I got to this point where I was like, okay, what do I really want to do with my life when I grow up, right? Here I am all over again. I'm a successful guy. I'm getting you know, recognition in the industry, but it's not what I'm loving to do. Yes, I'm a good writer. I'm not the greatest writer. I'm not a Dan Kennedy or what have you out there, just, you know, the, the well-known copywriters. But I do pretty decent. I do well for my clients. But if that's not what I love doing, there has to be something better. And I found it in teaching. I found it in, in helping others, having conversations with people. And that is where I found my passion again. 
And I was able to kind of bring things around by saying, okay, I had the opportunity to teach for the same company that taught me how to be a copywriter. And I said, yeah, I, I, I can do the writing, but the teaching, I loved it. And then talking to people about where they were. And some people, they love writing. Fantastic. I'll help you get where you want to be with writing. But I've also found other people that they're pursuing writing. And this happens to be just the industry I, I've worked in for, for 13 years. They don't love writing. They're, they're chasing a lifestyle. And this is just a vehicle. And that that's okay to a point. But what happens when you arrive? Are you going to be like me and you kind of like take a dip because you're like, I'm sick of doing exactly what I'm doing? Or are you going to do what you really love to do? And I have, you know, for example, I have coaching clients now because I've, I've turned my business instead of pursuing writing projects, I pursue people projects. How do I help somebody get from where they are now to where they really love what they're doing and they build the kind of lifestyle that they really want to have? You know, I, I work with the fiercely independent solopreneurs who say, I don't want to have employees. I don't want to punch your time clock. I don't want to have uh, be tied down to a brick and mortar where I work at, a place I have to go in every single day. And in my case, I work from my laptop. If it's my bedroom like I am now, if it's on the road, it's a Starbucks that I can get back in Starbucks without, you know, uh, wearing, a, wearing a mask. Then those are opportunities you can work from anywhere in the world if you have a computer and internet. And those are most of my clients these days. But they often, I find, don't have the vision because they see, oh, this is an opportunity, but it's not really the right opportunity. So I, I kind of specialize in helping people find what's the right vision for them. And then let's help you pursue it and achieve it. Well, like uh, Zig Ziglar said, you can have anything you want as long as you're willing to help people get what they want, right? <laughs> it sounds it's like true. It sounds like your your whole persona right there is you're helping people <laughs> get what they want, and you're in turn getting what you want. And I think you know our listeners have heard a theme between me and Chell, and also a lot of our guests of reinvention along the way, and we're hearing that with you too. Like a lot of people just keep reinventing, like. Uh, it's one thing to get out of the day job and into some sort of work for yourself hustle. But what if you don't find the right hustle right away? And what if you don't know it until a few years later? Like, I think that happens quite often until like you seem to have, at least for now, and who knows what changes in the future, right? But at least for now, you found the thing that really lights you up. And uh, so you, you got the business, that's like step one, you got the lifestyle, and then you went and found the passion afterwards, right? Exactly. And I, I will say, you don't always have to go through the, let's get the hustle working and then find what I love. Sure. That, yeah. that is so common, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. It happened to be that way for me. It happens to be that way for a lot of people. Uh, it, it's not unusual, but it doesn't have to be mandatory. But you also don't have to stick with the hustle that you built up if you're like you were burnt out. Right? I think a lot of people go, well, this is this is the dream. I'm living the dream and I'm unhappy and they just stay there. And, and it's another thing to be like, to recognize, like, this isn't actually making me happy. I've, I've grown a lot. I've gotten here. I'm proud of myself, but what's the next step. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because what I've, what I've learned is there's a lot of different reasons we're unhappy and there's a lot of reasons why we, uh, I'm a world-class procrastinator. You probably got that right from me saying I'm lazy. I'm not really lazy. I work super hard. I actually work more hours than I ever did in my corporate world, but it's only going to happen when I love what I'm doing. And what I've found is, and so maybe the word lazy really isn't appropriate, but what, what, what it is is I, I want to work at what I want to be working, what I want to be doing. And when I find that I'm procrastinating or I find that I talk to somebody else who's procrastinating, it's usually one of five reasons. It's, it's either they're afraid they're, they're overwhelmed by what they have on their plate. 
maybe they're confused about what they're really trying to accomplish. Maybe they have some kind of self-doubt, which is so common. It's the, it's the, what's between the ears is what really keeps you from um, achieving things because you're doubting whether you are able or doubting whether you're worthy. Or really, a big one is people are out of alignment with their purpose. Sometimes they, they're, they're doing something because it's expectations that are external and not what they really want to be doing. And when you, when you work in something that's out of alignment with your purpose, you really have to kind of go back and think about what am I all about? What do I really believe yeah. in and why am I doing this in the first place? Well, we brought you on because we wanted to talk to you specifically about uh, virtual networking. And I, I believe we chatted before, but I believe you said it was a, a, a relatively uh, new revelation, revelation, a relatively new revelation for you. And, um, and of course, now in the times of uh, COVID with a lot more going on online and people who didn't know what Zoom was know what it is now for sure. <laughs> like, There's a lot of people who I think, uh, you know, regardless of the time, but especially now could use your your insight into them. So you want to tell us what you, what you brought for us today? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will agree with you. And that, that statement I believe I made to you is absolutely true. I have found personally in my business that virtual networking has been revolutionary. And what I mean by that is I've been in business as a writer and a coach, you know, since 2007, this is 13 years now. And I've taken advantage of events and seminars and in-person live networking and job fairs and opportunities to meet clients and all these different things. And I never heard of virtual networking, never tried it until coronavirus came around. It was in March and somebody who I had met, in February at an in-person networking meeting, invited me to a virtual networking event that he was hosting. And it completely changed my entire outlook on how to connect and interact with people. And it has been the generator of massive increase in my business. So let me explain what I mean by that. Number one, I'm an introvert. I do not find a lot of uh, fun in going out to live network events. I do it when I get the opportunity but I'm usually the guy as the wallflower. If there's a big group of people, I don't know them, they're strangers. I find it difficult to kind of insert myself in a conversation that's already going, wait for somebody, you know, they're going to take their drink or, you know, finish eating the chip or whatever. And, and I don't want to interrupt somebody mid-sentence. Like, how do I, how do I get in the middle of this conversation? How do I actually introduce myself? And yes, you hear about the elevator pitch and all these other things, but that is not something that I'm personally comfortable with. And I found that most introverts, they kind of need two things. They need structure and familiarity. And virtual networking kind of provides both those. And there's different ways that you can approach virtual networking. And I'll explain what those are. Number one, you've got the virtual networking events, which are pretty much replacing the live in-person events, but they're online. They're on Zoom or, or whatever other platform somebody wants to use and, and host and facilitate them. However, just like you might go to a BNI meeting, and I'm not a big fan of, of the closed network where you only have one rep per industry, but that's that's kind of the, the model of BNI. You might have a group of people come together in a big room and they give you a minute to kind of introduce who you are and what you do, and they go on to the next person. That's not really the kind of virtual networking I'm referring to. I'm referring to where a group of individuals, many of them who you may not know, get together in a certain event. And then you have what's called breakout sessions and breakout sessions where you guys should get to talk one on one with individuals or maybe it's a small group, two, three, four people in a small group where you can really get to know somebody a little bit better. And these breakout room sessions will probably be anywhere from five to 15 minutes in length. 
I host these virtual networking sessions now myself. I do 10 minutes in length. It works very well for the people that I work with and for me. But that's an opportunity where you know exactly who you're going to talk to. You know you're, what you're talking about. And you can make a connection enough to know if it makes sense to continue building a relationship with that person in 10 minutes. And you don't have to interrupt somebody else's conversation to make it happen because it just it does. It's facilitated that way. It's almost like speed dating, but it's for business networking. And there you go. You, you're kind of placed in a room with somebody uh, in a safe way because you're, you're here online. It's facilitated. And you get to meet somebody brand new who is likely to be either a potential client or somebody who might be able to introduce you to potential clients or simply somebody to expand your network. And I will say this. It is so important to realize that you don't need to sell in virtual networking. Too many people, they come to these events and they're like, let me tell you what I sell. <laughs> Nobody cares. You can't sell anybody something if, they, if, if there's no interest there. What you need to do is start an opportunity for building relationship. And you have that opportunity. Now you need to say, what do, how do you start a relationship? You show interest in somebody else. You ask questions. That's one thing that coaches do. They ask powerful questions. If you want to be very successful in virtual networking, you ask powerful questions. Um, what brought you here today? What, uh, what What's your biggest challenge right now? If you can achieve anything in your business in the next 12 months, what would that look like? Questions like that. And you draw out of them open-ended questions. You get open-ended answers. And you can listen for opportunities to introduce people to resources that you might know of. Introduce them to people you already know that by being a connector with resources and other people, what happens is you become a hub, a valuable person in their network, and all of a sudden, you boost your credibility, your authority, and and if somebody knows that they're looking for the service you provide or they know somebody who is looking for the service you provide, you're probably the first person that comes to mind because you're already proving your value to that person without selling them a thing. And, and that's really what virtual networking is about. It's not about selling. It's about building relationships. The sales come in a follow-up. Absolutely. Regardless of, you know, in-person or virtual, I can't stand going to any sort of networking where people don't get that. Like <laughs> the, the amount of people that come up to me and go, here's my card, please use my services. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know who you are. Like, it's like, but then the people who understand that, like, let's, let's, uh, let's build the relationship first. And like, like you're saying with uh, deep questions, you can get that relationship built pretty quickly compared to the surface. Like, how's your Monday? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate that insight because I think a lot of people, uh, they really just show up to these networking events thinking they're going to get a sale by just handing a business card or, or, you know, putting in the chat box, a, an email address and boom, you know, that's it. And that's, I think the difference with this is, at least the way you're explaining it, is that you're not necessarily like forced into a room with someone, but I mean, everyone's there to have a conversation. Whereas I find that when I go to like an in-person event, a lot of the times people roll deep with people that they know and they just stick with their little click. I'm guilty of it too. You know what I mean? But like, this is a really good way to just meet one or two other people who may actually be interested in you and your business long-term. So I think that's really unique in this way. Yeah, and, and even if they're not interested in you and your business, it's always powerful when you can make connections that are cross-industry because you never know when those particular connections are going to be one you need or somebody you know needs that connection. 
And that's what really the power of networking is. It's, it's not about necessarily direct sales. And, and by the way, on, on, that, on that, here's your business card, buy from me. It's like, you know, kind of like proposing marriage in a first date. Who wants that? It's like, oh, trade creep, get out of here. <laughs> I um, guess it works sometimes in speed dating, but not very often, right? <laughs> not too often. Yeah. Maybe love at first sight kind of deal. I don't know. But uh, it, here's the thing about virtual networking. It's an opportunity to begin a relationship, not a place to make the sale. Uh, matter of fact, at a virtual networking event, if there's somebody I want to continue learning more about them and how I might be able to help them. And that's the thing with me is it's not about, can I sell them on my services or, you know, do you, will you join my community? Will you buy my coaching services? That's not even, that's not even in my mind. What I'm looking for is how can I serve the person I'm speaking to 100% of the time? Can I serve that person? Because I found in life there, there's always opportunity to find a sale, but when you, when you pressure it, it it's not going to work. But when you serve others, there's something called the law of reciprocity. Brian Tracy had a great quote. Um, he says, if you do something nice for me, I'll do something nice for you. I feel obligated to reciprocate. And it's kind of like you know, the idea of you buy somebody lunch. Well, chances are they might buy you lunch the next time you get together. Why? It's just kind of that feeling of I want to be even with somebody else. And it's not that we, we use it as, um, okay, I'm giving you a dollar. I expect you to give me a dollar tomorrow. That's not the intent. But the intent is serve others selflessly selflessly so that when you do that they recognize that you have their best interests in mind and just understand that in the grand scheme of things it's going to always pay off in the long run i will find most people who i help in that way will either have a connection that might work for me or they might have a suggestion or something like that but even if they don't it doesn't bother me one one bit I'm looking at the big picture. If I help enough people, like you said earlier, Zig Ziglar's quote, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get anything you want. And that's just the way life is. It's about service. And my service is, I have a grand vision. My vision is to help 1 million people start and grow their own business. And that doesn't come from, from being selfish. And, and it's not coming from how many people I sell my coaching services. I, I can help a handful of people at a time with coaching services. That's it. I have to help other people in other ways. And how do I help them? I help them through public speaking. I help them through my community. I help them through microloansandkiva.org because that's, a, that's something that I believe in, helping other people who I'll never get, you know, something in return from them perhaps. I'm, you know, it's a microloan. I might get paid back a loan. Great. Uh, but that's the point is how can I help other people establish their business? How can I leave a legacy? That, that to me is just as important as how many dollars in the bank. What can I do that, makes a lasting impact in this world. And I believe that's the next step of entrepreneurship is what can you do that's not just putting money in my pocket, not just, you know, drive the new car or, or go on to the grand vacation, but what's the difference? What's the impact you're making in somebody else's life? You, you make an impact in somebody's life. Now that that's where you find real joy. And that's what I, that's what I look for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, similarly, the people who are showing up, and networking with the like, here, use my services, please. You know, want to be married right now? Um, <laughs> are they all they're doing? All they're really asking for is, can you help me? And you're like, I don't know you, <laughs> you know. But but if you show up and you go and you're authentically and genuinely looking for, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Like you say, um, it's just going to come back around. It may not come from that person, you know, but as 
I think as long as you're not transactional about it, like you say, you don't want like a dollar back tomorrow. Don't, don't keep score. Right. Just go out there and serve. It's going to come back to you in some way or form. Yeah. And here's the great news for those who are out there and they're doing that. Let me, let me sell you something today. I'm going to help those folks too, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask them, what, what are you really selling and why are you selling it? And who is it helping? Who is your real market? And sometimes those questions are questions that they don't even really consider. They may have just jumped into a business because they get this, this dollar sign idea of, oh, this is the business direction I want to go because they're, they're pursuing the lifestyle, not, not the vision. Right. And by asking the right questions, even that will prompt them to think a little bit deeper about what do I really want to achieve here? And then if I can help them, I, I, I might introduce them to somebody who would be a mutual good fit or I might introduce them to a resource that will help them along their journey. And I may or may not buy their services or product because it may not be a good fit for me. If it is, maybe I would, but that, but that's not the point. The point is, is how can I further that relationship? And of course, here's the thing. When you're in virtual networking in a group setting and like Cheryl mentioned a minute ago, she said, you know, I got go in these clicks and, and even in virtual networking, when you go to the same event enough times, you'll begin to see some of the same people that come all the time. And even in those breakout sessions, you'll get to kind of strengthen and deepen a relationship with somebody you've met before. But here's how you take it to the next level. I do what's called virtual coffee. And in matter of fact, Josh and I, well, we met on a virtual coffee face-to-face -face for the first time on, on one of those. And what I do is I, I use Calendly, which is just a simple tool that you can use to automatic schedule on Zoom in your Google Calendar is what I use. And it's very low cost or it's free if you, if you don't mind having it do the registration right on their site, which is not a problem for most entrepreneurs. I schedule a simple virtual coffee. What that is, is 15 minutes. Let's get together and talk about it. If I was local to somebody, I might go to local Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever and say, let's have a coffee and just chat. But in this case, I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to get dressed up. I thought, you know, I'm probably going <laughs> to shower and put on a clean shirt, right? But, you know, I'm working at home, but I want to, you know, have a good impression when I meet somebody online because we're seeing each other face-to-face -face in Zoom, and that's, that's fantastic. But in 15 minutes, you can really get to know each other at a pretty decent level, to at least know if it's worth going further. And, and right in my virtual coffee sign up, I say, look, I'm not selling you anything. And it's, and it's true. I hold myself to that. I will not sell a thing. I won't sell my community. I won't sell coaching services, nothing. My point there is simply to get to know somebody better. And I would encourage somebody who wants to use virtual coffee to take the same approach. Because again, it's the sales is in follow-up, not in, in let, me, let me get you in the first and second date. Yes, I believe you have to sell something to make money. If you're not willing to sell, you have a hobby, not a business. But if, if you want to have a strong business, you build relationships. And those relationships will give you the foundation to your dreams. And the virtual coffee is just one way to, to strengthen a connection or a bond with somebody. And I've met some people who we've had some fantastic relationships built just by Zoom or telephone. And, and we just have an occasional call and, and, and some people will have even been referring more people to me than I've ever dreamed of. People who I probably never would have met on my own, but as a result of building a strong relationship and, and always looking to serve, I've seen some of them are just the same way. They look to serve, they want to help, and they want to make sure that they reciprocate. And guess who I think of first when I'm thinking of somebody? Those folks. So it's a win-win. That's right, yeah, totally. So how does one uh, get started in, in these virtual networking? Have you seen just groups online? Do you host your own? Yeah, great question. I was personally invited to my first virtual networking event by a guy who I met at an in-person event. 
and he was a, a National Speaker Association speaker who I'd met. I was kind of impressed by his approach in an in-person networking environment, and we kind of connected and, and stayed in touch after that event. And he said, hey, we're going to do this virtual networking event. If you don't know one, you can find them on like meetup.com or Eventbrite. I'm actually compiling a list of different uh, places you can go to virtual networking events for free or, or low cost. Uh, yes, my community does have virtual networking. Matter of fact, as we record this, I have one scheduled this afternoon. We do it twice a month. And it's an opportunity for people both in my community and outside. Originally, it was closed to my community. And I was like, why would I want to close off? It's a great opportunity for people to see the kind of value the relationships in my community bring. And so I opened it up to the world. It's now open and free to the world to join the virtual networking sessions I do. I know some people who do them as often as twice a week. Uh, the, the gentleman who I mentioned to you earlier, Matt Ward, he does it Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern time and 5 p.m. on Thursdays Eastern time. Mine are kind of like their hodgepodge, wherever I fit into my schedule in the month. And you, you know, I follow a certain link and you can just go to the next one and sign up for it. It's free to register and you join us. Um, others, I know a guy, Robbie Samuels, he does it every Friday at 5 p.m. So different times are available. And I'm compiling a list of these. I'm happy to share it with your audience. I'm going to keep growing that list as I find new virtual networking events that people might be interested in. I'm just going to share it on my website and I'll give you the link. You can share it with, with your show notes. But yeah, uh, yeah that that's that's a great question because you know getting the first one is the key, right? How do you, how yeah. do you find us? And if, if you're in an in-person networking event, a lot of them probably now have virtual because everybody's virtual now. You, you, sure. you can't even get to a big meeting really. So if, if you were in networking before, they probably have virtual now. If you weren't, you could also look at those organizations like the BNIs or uh, my friend Matt, he, you know, he's, he's created an organization called Am Spirit, and that's an opportunity to get into virtual networking through there. But there's always opportunities to join for free or low cost, and yeah. it's all about doing it. And here's the thing. You can host your own virtual networking, and Zoom Pro, which I think is 15 bucks a month, you can host, I think, 100 meeting participants. I don't think I've had 100 on, on a single virtual networking event yet. And th that means for 15 bucks a month, you can do your own as, as frequently as you want to and get mm -hmm. your name out there. And as a facilitator, you won't directly talk to as many people unless you put yourself in a breakout room with them. A little bit harder to do, but it's a great way to build credibility and authority. And it's very straightforward to do. What I would suggest is look at a couple other people, how they're doing virtual networking and consider starting your own. That's what I did. Just give it a try. Uh, yeah. It's as simple as using a breakout room uh, feature in Zoom and you can just set that up to break out automatically, or you can assign people to rooms. But I, won't, right. I don't want to get into technical details, but it's not very hard at all. Pretty simple. Yeah, I've done it before, too. Well, that's very awesome and a, and a great a great notion. I think I've heard before, too, in, in other contexts of like, well, just start your own. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, definitely go out there and, and find people. But um, but yeah, I think that's a great way to, to like you said, lend yourself authority and, and all that stuff. So we're nearing the end of our time with you, and I want to respect your time. So um, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, my website is Solopreneur Coach. And Solopreneur is just like entrepreneur, except for it's solo. So S-O-L-O-P-R-E-N-E-U-R, coach.com. And there you'll find everything about me, my community, my podcast. I have a podcast as well, the Solopreneur Success Podcast. And you can find the page there called Meet Steve. And here's the interesting thing. If you follow that page you'll see exactly how I do virtual coffees, which is that follow-up part of virtual networking I was talking about. Just go to the Meet Steve page. It'll give you a link to my Calendly calendar. You'll see how I do it. 
You'll see how I say, no, this is not going to be a sales call. You'll see the process of just selecting a time in my calendar, connecting with me. You'll see how I have a conversation with you, short 15-minute conversation. Sometimes they go a little bit longer because I really enjoy these conversations. And I won't sell you a thing. It's just an opportunity for us to grow our network together. You'll get to know me. I'll get to know you. And there'll be an opportunity for us to see how we might be able to help one another in business. That's what Virtual Coffee is about. All right. First question. If you could pick, if you could decide, what would be your last meal? (laughs) I I think I'd make a meal out of ice cream, to be completely honest. I love ice cream. (laughs) And I I have what's called a daddy bowl at home. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. Got to fill up that bowl of ice cream. (laughs) Good. What is your bucket list travel destination? Always wanted to go to Ireland. And I hope to make that a reality next year. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, Hopefully the world... And Ireland will let us Americans over there again. Yeah. <laughs> Ireland's a beautiful place. All right. And then what is your favorite hobby that doesn't involve making money? That's got to be hiking. I love to go mountain hiking. And one of my longtime dreams is to through hike the Appalachian Trail. So yeah, hiking would be it. Excellent. Well, cool, Steve. In closing, is there anything else you'd like to uh, impart on our audience before we let you go? <laughs> yeah, I would like to say this. Don't be afraid of failure. You know, as I mentioned earlier in this this chat today, I failed so many times and failure is nothing more than information and what not to do. So if you mess up, whoop de do. Just keep on going because if you have a desire to grow your own business, you really can. And I, I believe that free enterprise is really the engine that drives people to great pursuits. And I think of people like Elon Musk, isn't that free enterprise? <laughs> he's, he's reaching space and Mars. That's incredible to me. I don't know yeah. that I'll ever reach Mars, but I hope to reach a million people uh, with my business. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal, as they say. So uh, <laughs> awesome. Thanks for spending time with us and uh, talking to us and our audience about virtual networking. It's very exciting to get to meet you. Um, and we'll include all those links you mentioned in our show notes. And uh, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye, Steve. Bye. The Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by my very own podcast startup course. Are you ready to make your voice heard? You don't need to be a tech geek or have a bunch of money to figure out how to make that happen. The podcast startup course will walk you through everything you need to know without breaking the bank. Log on to podcaststartupcourse.com slash checklist now to download a free checklist on everything you need to know to get your podcast started today. That's podcaststartupcourse.com slash checklist. It's time for a recap. One, if you find yourself procrastinating, it's probably because of these five reasons. One, you're afraid. Two, you're overwhelmed. Three, you're unsure of what to do. Four, you have self-doubt. Or five, what you're doing is out of alignment with your purpose. Two, focus on service. Be of value to others. Three, don't sell. Build a relationship. And that's a wrap on episode 61. Website and show notes are at unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcast. It really helps out a lot. 
Be sure to leave us a five-star written review to be entered in a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorming coaching session with Chell and Josh. That's me and Josh, in case you guys didn't know. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, Unstuck Thought Institute. We'll talk to you next week when we'll be checking in on Chell's Chronicles. We assume she's landed in Germany by now. I'm not sure. We'll find out soon. See you next week. Bye.